you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into this Golf Channel podcast. I'm Will Gray, joined by Brian Bateman and Trip Eisenhower. We're here to discuss the 117th U.S. Open. But for those of you who happen to be listening to us live on Monday afternoon, uh, we are doing this on Facebook Live, so feel free to check us out there. Ask any questions. We will answer most questions, especially the ones about Trip. So uh, <laughs> let's, get this, let's get this party started, boys. Aaron Hills mm-hmm. is certainly early week going to be the star of the show. First time. This course is ever hosting a U.S. Open, first U.S. Open in the state of Wisconsin. We saw it in 2011 at the U.S. Amateur when Kelly Craft beat Patrick Cantlay. Both of them failed to qualify this week. But what are your thoughts? we got fescue, we've got long rough, 7,700 yards, first par 72 at a U.S. Open since Pebble all the way back in 1992. So I'll start with you, Brian. Just give me, give me your thoughts on Aaron Hills and how it's going to play this week. Well, in research that I've done the last few days, it looks like an awesome golf course uh, visually. You know, I don't know how it's going to play. Uh, similar grass to what they had at Chambers Bay a few years ago, but Rory had some sound earlier today in an interview saying that it's not playing as fast. The fairways aren't as fast as they were at Chambers Bay. It looks like to me it's going to take, you got to move it both ways off the tee. There's a lot of undulation in the fairways, a lot of uneven lies on your approach shots. Uh, but it looks like it's fairly generous off the tee, so you're going to see some bombers be able to turn the driver loose, but the bunkering around these greens is really cool, deep, a lot of uh, almost, looks like almost a Scottish style with the, with the unfinished uh, edges to them. Uh, so I don't really know if this course favors a certain player. Uh, the wind is supposed to be moderate, not supposed to be anything crazy, but all in all, it looks like a really fun golf course to play. It's going to take a lot of patience because... Uh, as we heard from Kevin Nye yesterday, the fescue is not any fun to play with. Well, never, yeah. never much fun. I don't think you can play out of it. Uh, is what it looked like, you know, from uh, the way he was describing it and the way, you know, it's like the ice plant. You go in there with the ice plant, you try to hit it, you, you, the ball's not coming out. Um, Aaron Hills, the thing about it is, it's it's wide open fairways for a U.S. Open in particular. The problem is, it runs into that fescue. So, and that's the biggest complaint for the haters of the golf mm-hmm. course is, hey. You need something in between this. The ball can't be running from the fairway into this stuff where I don't even have a chance to advance the ball. I think you'll, you'll see an unusual amount of unplayable lies from that. And uh, I think even at a U.S. Open, we're going to find an uh, inordinate amount of lost balls. I was going to say, it might not even be the, the unplayables. It's just finding your ball. I mean, Kevin Na and Wesley Bryan had a video last week. You're dropping the ball from, from shoulder length. You might not be able to find it in there standing over top right. of it, let alone firing it out there, you know, 300 yards and hoping that a marshal with a little flag is going to be able to, to snag exactly. it. Exactly. And the, the other point, too, is, look, 
Chambers Bay was different, no yeah. question about it. And you said it's like Chambers Bay in some regards, and it is because it's not the traditional U.S. Open golf course. It's not Oak Hill. It's not Shinnecock. It's not Oakmont. It's not Pebble. I don't mind the USGA strain from that every now and then. I just don't like them this close together. I think that Chamber, you know, th there should be some more of the traditional venues in maybe Aaron Hills three or four years from now. But regardless, that's if I was the czar of golf and could wave a flag and do it, um, that's how I would approach it. But I, I, I like the traditional U.S. Open setups better. Um, some of those courses that are, that are traditional, but I, I certainly I like those much better than these. But I will say this about Aaron Hills. I, I would think, I think it's pretty safe to say at the end of the week, the players are going to be, have more positive things to say about this golf course than they were Chambers Bay. Too, After the yeah, 2011 yeah. U.S. Amateur, learned some the USGA too. came in, made some changes, did some tweaking. So I think the players are going to enjoy this. I'm not going to say it's going to be any, any easier, but I think they're going to enjoy this golf course, tee to green, more than they did Chambers sure. Bay. Well, yeah. the big detriment at Chambers Bay from the players' perspective was the green conditions, and they let the POA kind of sneak in there. Yeah. And all reports indicate that these are some really good, really smooth greens. Aaron Hills has been closed all year. Since since the snow melted in Wisconsin, which may have been two weeks ago, as far as I know, <laughs> but uh, there's not a divot on the golf course. Yeah, it's it is in it's pristine condition, condition, but that rough is is going to be long. We do have a question about the course from one of our our Facebook viewers. See, they're they're chiming in. Nick Simpson wants to know, will the winning score be under par? Remember, this is a par 72. We got four par fives. They're all playing long. It's going to be tipping out to over 7,700 if they want to put it that far. I think that Mike Davis has said they're going to move the yardages around a little bit each day, but do you see a winning score under par given how much the USGA loves to somehow or another always have even par over they par be the, be the winning score? They do, and uh, last year at Oakmont it was under par. Mm -hmm. so uh, Because of the rain. If, well, it did, if it didn't rain true. on Thursday, you're going to see an over par score. Yeah, but I, I think, I think we're going to see an under par score here. I definitely do. I, I, I think with the extra par fives, right. it's certainly going to lend itself, and I, I will go just for that reason, but the USGA, we know what they like to do, and they um, they're getting criticized a little too much early for, you know, this rough, but we'll see how it plays out. I'm going under par. I, I totally agree. Four par fives. There's a there's a, a hole in the back now. I think it's number 11 or number 12 that could possibly they could set to be a drivable par four. Which they've done in the past. They've which done is good. that in the past. There's a couple of short par threes. I say short, 160, 170. And if, for the wind not to blow a whole lot this week, which it's not supposed to, conditions are going to be pretty much how they are at the start of the week. I can see three or four under par winning this tournament. Uh, I will say for the degenerates out there, which there might be one or two, uh, bookmaker.eu says minus 220 are the odds for an under par winning score. So you're laying 220 to win 100. Seems to indicate that we could yeah. see something in the red. So, all right, let's shift our focus from the course to the field. And we got to start with the world number one defending champ, Dustin Johnson. Arguably should have won two years ago at Chambers Bay, should have at least gotten in a playoff. Got the job done last year at Oakmont, and that sparked a tear, the likes of which we haven't seen in a long time from anyone not named Spieth or Tiger. So what are your thoughts on DJ coming into this week? He might be missing a little bit of the early week practice because uh, his fiance is about to give birth to their second child. So that's a, an unusual variable that not everyone in the field is dealing with. But what are your thoughts on Dustin Johnson, Brian, as he looks to go back-to-back? -back? Well, it, you, you can't... Uh... You, you, if you look at DJ's mental game, and, and I think this has been this way since he's been on the PGA Tour, he's so level-headed. Nothing bothers him. So whether it's a major, whether it's the Players' Championship, or whether it's any other tour event, I think he comes in prepared as only he can prepare. He has the perfect golf game for this golf course because it's long. He can play up to 7,800 yards. Uh, he has not played since the Masters. 
and had some issues there with whatever happened uh, when he got injured. So he may he be a little bit rusty. He played, played a little. He, yeah. he played well at Wells Fargo, and he, he said he got some practice in last week. I don't have a problem with him uh, playing well this week. I just don't know that if this golf course, if I look at all the other players in the field, I don't know if he is my winner. Uh, starting the week. We'll get to that in a little bit, yeah. but Trip, your thoughts on the world number well, one? Well, I mean, look, anytime he tees it up, as freakishly freakishly talented as he is, you've got to have him on your short list of favors because the guy can uh, win the golf tournament easily. Um, he, the way he drives the ball, going to the fade was huge. He's more accurate off the tee. The miss is much smaller. Uh, he can do things off the tee that other players can't. I've been enormously impressed with his wedge play and short game. Say, it's the, and, the, wedge, the 125 yards and in that as much as and people all the way on, to the green. Yeah, as much as people harp on the driving, it's been 125 and in that has sent DJ from really good player that wins every year to unstoppable force. And, and the other thing too is DJ, you know, as as streaky as his putting used to be, is now very consistent on the greens as well. I mean, for, for I think he's one of the best statistically, uh, the, the highest club head speed with the best strokes gained putting. That's a pretty good combination, and, you know, that works in major championships. And um, I, I think DJ, uh, the only thing he's got going against him is history. I mean, Curtis Strange last one time. to do it, so I, I would think, you know, just based on the fact that it's so difficult to defend a title, if anybody can do it, I certainly think DJ is that guy. He'll be part of the story. Yeah. Now, will he ultimately get the right bounce, make the right putt? That's will be seen. Let's put our uh, medical hats on here for a minute and diagnose young Rory McIlroy. Dealing with injuries pretty much for all of 2017, mm. it feels like. He missed some time in February, came back, played pretty good, not great at the Masters, and then after the Players' Championship says he's re-aggravated that rib injury that's causing back pain, hasn't played since Sawgrass. He's already said, he told Steve Burkowski this week on site that he's going to be limiting his, his prep and his work on the range because he doesn't want one of those marathon range sessions to flare up his injury again. What are your thoughts on Rory as he looks for a second U.S. Open? Three? Well, a completely different bag again. Uh, I'm not just talking yeah. about the injuries. I'm talking about the equipment. You know, he's got, he's got a different driver or a new driver, you know, that he's getting used to, but he hadn't had enough game time with that driver. He's got new irons. He's got a new putter this week. He's well, using – So before he's, – he's added new equipment before the Masters, before the players, and now before the U.S. Exactly. Open. Those three – I mean, so I – mean, and, and the ball as well. You know, I mean, he's, he's got a lot of adjustments to make. Rory's so talented. He's the other guy that, you know, you, you say, who's the most freakishly talented player on the PGA Tour as far as physical gifts? It's DJ and Rory, and it's why they're one and two. It's pretty simple. Um, you look at those two guys, uh, I, I think Rory, it, he can overcome those things that we were laying out that normally you would think would sidestep him, but uh, I also think they could be hurdles as far as, you you, you know, when you're changing equipment, they're uh, under, under game time conditions is different than just standing there hitting balls on the range. Yeah, when you're uh, under the gun like that and you have different weather conditions and you have different shots, half shots, three-quarter shots, mm -hmm. you don't want you trying to flight the ball. I mean, that could be a big factor this week for him. But I'm like Tripp. He is so talented that if there was anybody that could overcome this, any player in the field who could have these type of changes leading up to a major championship, it would be Roy McIlroy. And who's to say that less time on the practice tee as he gets ready for his rounds each week yeah, is not a good thing. could be a good thing. Given how, how much of a test Aaron hey, Hills is going to be. You know the last time he uh, uh, put his time on the range down? Kiowa in, 20, uh, in the PGA. How'd that work out? Uh, one by eight. eight? Yeah. Not too bad. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> uh, all right, let's 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 go down the list here. Uh, it seems the what's wrong with Jordan Spieth narrative had about a two-and-a-half-week shelf life. And 
Then he uh, showed some signs of life once again at Colonial, trying to win major number three in U.S. Open number two this week. It seems like that, that easy win at Pebble Beach was three years ago yeah. instead of three months ago. Yeah. But what are your thoughts, Brian, on Spieth as he uh, tackles the course? He's one of the group of people who did play Aaron Hills back in that amateur well, in 2011. I, and I don't know how much that matters. There, there's, a, there's a number of players that, that were there in 2011 for the USAM. They tweaked the golf course a little bit. Um, we, we grab whatever straws we can get at this point. We got, a, we got a new course. It's like, have you ever been to the state of Wisconsin? <laughs> right. Yes. All right. Points. You like cheese. Right. Um, you're right. That was a very short window where he played poorly. Colonial, he played great. The only issue I have with Jordan Spieth is, and I know these fairways are wide at, at Aaron Hills, but his driver just yep. still is not mm -hmm. where it needs to be. I mean, he's he missing it both ways. And it seems like, you know, when Tiger was in his heyday and he would have swing issues, he could back it down a little bit and find the fairway, somehow find a key in his swing, maybe midway through the round, find a way to keep it in play and then take advantage of his irons in his short game. I, don't, I haven't seen that from Jordan Spieth. He hasn't been able to band-aid his golf swing when things got, get going crooked off the tee. And if this is a golf course where, yes, it is wide off the fairways, off the tee to the fairways, but if he gets it offline here with his lack of length, it's going to really be an issue playing out of this fescue. Well, and that's the thing. Jordan Spieth is not Dustin Johnson or Rory McIlroy. He right. cannot overpower the golf course. He can't stray and, and still hit wedges into. He's not short by any no. means. I mean, when he's longer. He, he won his Masters when it was playing pretty wet, and he did win at Chambers Bay, which was tipping out pretty close to 76, 77. But he was yards. driving the ball in the fairway. Right. Okay, he's not driving the ball consistently in the fairway. You look at his strokes gained off the tee numbers. They're way down compared to uh, 2015 and 16. Um, you definitely think uh, last year it was the irons, this year it's the driver, and to a lesser extent, the putter. Other than Pebble, he really hasn't had a, a, a tournament where he's putted great all four days, the, the way we typically see Jordan Speed putt. Now, he uh, Colonial, to be fair, he did putt pretty solid all except for one day on Friday or Thursday uh, early on, but then the putter kind of warmed up and he got into it. Um, but he still missed some makeable putts by his standards. So, I think the driver is much more of an issue than the putter, but you throw that into the mix. That's why I think Jordan Spieth is, for uh, for his standards, under a lot of people's radar. But his wedge play at Colonial was unbelievable. Oh, I mean, he hit, he hit so many shots inside of six feet. So if he does get a little loose off the tee and has to pitch out and have to try to get up and down from inside of 150 yards, I don't know if there's a player on tour that would rather be hitting those wedge shots. But than he can't Jordan keep Spieth. doing it. You know, he's got to he's got to hit better tee shots. Yes. There we go. Just hit it straight in the fairway. That's all you need when you get this open. Yeah. Breaking news here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's look at another former world number one in Jason Day. He lost that playoff at the Byron Nelson a couple weeks ago to Billy Horschel, tied for 15th at the Memorial. This has been a tournament that kind of is in his wheelhouse. You got to. It's it's a marathon, not a sprint. You need to make pars and keep your keep your car on the track, so to speak. What are your thoughts on Jason Day as he looks for a second major title? I think it's kind of the same thing we just got through talking about with Jordan Speed. I think it's Jason Day. It's all about his driver. When he was dominating a year and a half ago, it's when he was hitting it so long and so straight. His driver has been an issue, but he did. He played decent at Memorial. Wide fairways there. Finished top 15, I believe. Uh, it, it just... I don't really know what to think about him just because he hasn't played that much this year. He had a lot going on the start of the year with his mother's uh, illness. Mm -hmm. Where is his game right now? He lost in the playoff, like you said, at the Nelson, but how does it trans translate to this golf course? I just don't know. I, I love his talent, but when he's driving the ball well, he is tough to beat because his short game, his putting, and his iron game is, is spectacular. Well, see, I disagree. I think his iron game is what is, is ultimately what undoes him time and time again. Even when he was number one in the world, 
He was 181st in proximity to the hole. I mean, I, he made his hay, and where he beat people was his putting outside of 15 feet. He was the best by miles. He doesn't hit the ball close for a guy with his standards. He's outside the top 100 in greens and regulation. He's outside the top 100 in strokes gain approach shots. So you're saying his iron game is lacking. I'm saying his iron game is, is what ultimately – now, his driver, he has lost a little pop off his fastball, he said. You know, he's had to try to slow his swing down a little bit. Um, but I, I, I definitely look at his iron play, and if the putter is not at top, like – he set a record last year with strokes gained putting, the first player ever to gain more than one full shot every single round he played for the year. That's impressive. The next best uh, ever in that category was like .7. So that's three-tenths of a stroke better per round he was putting. And it was, how do you gain strokes with your putter? Well, you make more putts outside of 20 feet than anybody else. That's what he does time and time again. But he, And here's the thing about it. It's not necessarily Jason Day's. Uh, irons are way offline left to right is why his proximity numbers are bad. It's because he's so full speed. He doesn't really have a lot of half in his golf game. He's always been that way. He's always maxed out eight irons. He's always maxed out nine irons. When you do that, your spin is tougher to control, and he does not hit the ball flag high very much. At a U.S. Open, you need to be flag high. Jason Day will struggle this week for that reason. Say what you will about the weaknesses in his iron game. No one can match his run of consistency in this event over the last six or seven years. Runner-up at Congressional in 2011 and at Marion in 2013. Mm -hmm. Last three years, he's gone T4, T9, T8. That's pretty good across Impressive. a variety of very different But he was traps. putting like Jason Day. He's not doing that this year. Just saying. This seems to be a tournament where Jason Day tends to rise to the occasion. We shall see. Uh, all right, let's, let's close out our, our little watch list here with a pair of Spaniards. Masters champ, Sergio mm -hmm. Garcia. I'm still getting used to saying that. It's going to take a while, I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> it took you 73 times to get you. It, it's going to take me, it might take me 74 to get there. Uh, and then John Rahm, who is uh -huh. just the, the phenom prodigy. We're running out of words. Uh, actually, at the Westgate in Las Vegas, John Rahm has shorter odds at 15 to 1 than Sergio wow. at 25 to 1. Rahm is behind only the four guys we just talked about Spieth, J Day, DJ, and McElroy. So, Pick your Spaniard. Uh, let's let's get some hot takes here. What do you think about Garcia and Rom this week? Well, I, I, certainly you've got to like both of them. I mean, I, I, only one can win. Well, but I throw Rafa in there. I mean, That's Rafa true. Cabrera Bello. I mean, the guys the guys playing well as well. So I mean, the Spanish could could be part of uh, the story. Um, I think Sergio is going to have a little bit of a, a you know a, a honeymoon period with majors. He's going to play well. But you know what? He got his one. I'm not saying he's not going to win another one. I, I, th I think when he gets this one like he did, I think eventually he, the other major he's going to get the Open. I don't think he's going to get a U.S. Open. But if he is going to get one, this would be a good one because guess what? The greens are not typical U.S. Open greens. They're fast, but they're flat. There's not a lot of undulation and slope in these greens. So that typically is what, you know, Sergio – uh, doesn't do that well, but he again he won the Masters. That's pretty slow, uh, you know, pretty you know undulating greens, and he putted fantastic there. John Rahm has no weakness. Yep. I mean, the, the guy he absolutely does everything beautifully, and he's his only thing that seems to get in his own way is him. Yeah, he gets a little hot. He's young. I get it. Uh, he's learning. He's a very quick learner. If I'm going to give um, which Spaniard's going to play better. I'm going to go with the odds makers. Yeah, you're going to take Rom over Sergio. Rom over Sergio. Wow. Uh, T5 last year for Sergio BB was his first top 10 in the U.S. Open since Congressional in 2011, which was playing wet. That was kind of a, an unconventional U.S. Open. Just throwing that out there. Build your case. Well, I, I think I'll say this. 
there's not a, I don't think there's a better driver on the PGA Tour than Sergio Garcia. No when you combine length and you combine accuracy, uh, he is your reigning Masters champion. I think the burden uh, of, of lack of patience that he's dealt with all these years, trying to be you know, the, the best player or trying to not become uh, the best player without a major, I think all that's gone. I think the honeymoon period is over. When we came out to players, he said, you know, I'm, I'm focused now. Um, so I, I think he needs, he needs patience at a U.S. Open. He's probably, he hasn't dealt with that very well in the past. I think that's going to change this week. Um, John Rahm, I'm with Tripp, I, and I've been, we've talked about it on Golf Central. We've talked about it here. This kid is good. I mean, he's on the first page of the leaderboard every week. Missed the cut last week. Wasn't uh, uh, at Memorial, I think, was his first missed cut of the year. Yeah. He has no weaknesses except he gets in his own way. And the two biggest events this year, in my opinion, the Masters and the players, he didn't play very well. And he was kind of running hot and cold, and he was mad at himself. But there's no question that he likes to win, and he plays to win. And so he's not afraid to be aggressive. He's not afraid of the moment. But I think this particular week on this golf course, I'm going to go with Sergio okay. just because of the way he's driving it. John Rahm is not the most accurate off the tee either, but I think that could possibly play into his favor this week. But I'm still going with Sergio just because how well he played at Augusta, and I think he's over this uh, major honeymoon that people are talking about. How can he be over it if he hasn't played a major since, <laughs> since no, he's won the, the, the Masters? It the hasn't big started event. yet. I, all right, I get what you're saying. I will say he does appear... Uh, more relaxed, more loose, as you would expect. You know, in talking to him at TPC Sawgrass and seeing how he played at the Nelson and defending his title, I think that we have a new Sergio, whether it's 2.0 or 8.0 or whatever. This is, <laughs> this is a new version here. Uh, all right, listen, anyone can talk about the top names and, mm -hmm. and dissect them. The reason you guys make the big bucks is because right. we're going under the radar. Mm -hmm. Give me one, two, however many guys you've got that you think we're not necessarily paying a lot of attention to that could surprise what they run up the leaderboard. Trip, I'll let you start. All right, two players. and Me too. All right, uh, the first one is, it's hard to believe that we're calling a player ranked inside the top ten under the radar. But we are. Okay. I'm talking about world number eight, Alex Norton. I knew you were going to throw Alex Norton in there. All right, okay. give me, let's stump for Alex Norton here. <laughs> well, he won the BMW. He okay, did. he did. He played well at the Masters. Uh, he had a top ten there. Uh, he's won five times in the last, since the start of 2016. Uh, the very few players have won that many in the world. He's just meteoric rise up the world rankings for a reason. The guy's good. He's got confidence now. He doesn't try to tinker with his golf swing. He trusts it from day in and day out now. It's producing results. The putting part that he does with the, how he does it, it's a little unconventional. It looks unconventional, but it gets results. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised at all if he has another top ten in a major championship um, uh, after this week. I think he's that good. He's playing with confidence. He didn't play in his last start all that great. But you know what? I, I definitely think Alex Noren's under the radar, again, for the eighth-ranked player in the world. <laughs> Another guy that's outside the top ten that I think's under the radar is a guy who played well at Augusta. Oh, oh, by the way, played well last week. And I'm talking about former Masters champion Charles Schwartzel. He's that guy when he gets on these runs – he really can get going low and keep it going. He's done that a lot in his career. He's been struggling by his standards the last couple of years. I think Charles Schwartzel, top five at the Masters. Yep. I think uh, you look for him and how he played last week. 
in Memphis. Uh, this is a golf course that fits him to a tee. I really like Charles Schwartzel for a guy under the radar. So we go for two under the radar picks. Trip gives me two guys with an average world ranking of 12. Yep. BB, go ahead and all right, try. Well, anybody talking about that? Where, where's the Vegas that. odds on those guys, huh? Uh, yeah, all right. I think uh -huh. well, I'm going to stretch it past those world, that Atta world boy. ranking <laughs> average. Let's go on a I'm going to go Brooks Kepka. Okay. Oh, Frank. Oh. <laughs> Well, he's 22 in the world. 22, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I will say that I was, I was researching him the last few days because I just love his demeanor. I think it sets up well for a U.S. Open. He drives it well, and he's sneaky a good putter. He's top 25 on tour in strokes game putting. But uh, he's played in four U.S. Opens, and he has three top 18s. Mm -hmm. And he's only missed one cut in his career in 14 career major championships. So he's played well at all the majors. I just like his, I like his game. I think that he's uh, only one tour win, but I think that's going to increase as, as his career goes on. I could see him playing well this week, taking advantage of his length. Um, he can flight the ball down if, the, if it does happen to get windy. And he's a, he's a good putter, and I think that would work out well for him this week. Mm -hmm. My other one's going to be Billy Horschel. Okay. Mm -hmm. LSU boy going, going for the, from the Gator well, state. I, yeah, I keep it in conference. That's good. All right. Um, streaky player. We all know that. And he wins the playoff at the Nelson. Played great last week. In listening to his sound the last few days, I've never heard him more confident than he is right now. He says he's playing better now than he was when he went, ran through the FedEx Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. So he's the type of player, when he's comfortable in his own skin and comfortable with his golf swing and knows that he's kind of the underdog with a chip on his shoulder, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him continue his great play and play well this week as well. Now, what are the two averages on my? Okay, the are a little lower, but I'm about, I'll, I'm about to skew it. I'll skew it here. Uh, all right, first off, Drew Love. Not Drew no. Love. We'll get to uh, Matt Kuchar. Surprisingly, okay. so, hold, on, hold on, we'll get there. Surprisingly solid U.S. Open, four top 15s since 2010, I believe. We, he's been the king of the back door, tied for fourth, the Masters, all that stuff. But we've had six straight first-time winners and a lot of notable names among that group. You go back to Jason Day at Whistling Straits, it includes DJ Stenson, all that group. If you're talking about guys who still need to make that leap to major champion, Kuchar is definitely in that mix. I still wouldn't be more surprised about a tie for 12th than a win. But uh, he could be in there. And then another guy, finally, I think, qualifying as a sleeper, down at, I think, 68 or 69 in the world, Shane Lowry, boys. Should have won last year. Loves tough golf courses. Played not his best uh, for about a three or four-month stretch early in the year. But tied for sixth at Wentworth, tied for 15th at the Memorial. His one win on the PGA Tour is at Firestone. He's played well at PGA National, played well at Torrey Pines. Tied for ninth at Chambers Bay. The tougher, the better for Shane Lowry. He's on the upswing. You heard it here first. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going back. Those in are six good picks. Those are. Those are. Some sleepier than others, but that's all right. If it all counts. Something they all count the same when you look at that, that leaderboard on Sunday. All right, we're going back into the Facebook Live question pool. This one from Brian Thompson. Trip, you alluded to it a couple minutes ago. How about our boy Drew Love? Davis Love the fourth, qualifying. He's in as an alternate out of the uh, Georgia sectional. He's going to have dad on the bag. Davis Love the third, not playing, but instead caddying this week. Drew just turned pro after... Uh, college stint at Alabama. What are your thoughts? I'll kick it to the SEC guy first. What are your thoughts well, on Drew he's Love? He's a neighbor. Uh, a neighbor. Yeah. yeah. Both, uh, both live right there where I live. I think this is a tremendous opportunity for Drew, uh, obviously. Um, he has b battled a ton of injuries. He's had a couple of surgeries over the last few years. It has had a, a disappointing, I think he'd be the first to tell you, a disappointing college career. 
but he went through locals, he went through regionals, uh, sectionals. Now he's got Davis on the bag on a golf course that really nobody knows a whole lot about. So Davis is an experience. Just being in a major championship will help him. Uh, Drew considers Davis his best friend, which I think is really cool for a father and son. I think it's just it's a great story. I would love to see him play well. Uh, his, 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 the weakness of his game is he has trouble controlling his distance with his irons, and, but he's got tons of length off the tee. Davis loves to tell everybody that he Drew's longer right now than Davis was when he came out, which is hard to believe as far as Davis used to hit it. But Drew drives at miles. It's about keeping the ball, uh, keeping it pin high, like you were talking about how you have to do at a major championship. I don't know how well he's going to play. He's going to be nervous as all get up. You, you, there's no question about that. This is his pro debut at a major, but he couldn't have a better mentor, better friend on the bag than his dad. Hall of Fame caddy and dad, Davis Love. Well, we don't know about his caddying ability. Well, I think he's going to be a pretty good caddy for all the reasons that Brian said. He's been there. His calming influence, their friends. Who cares how he plays? Have fun. <laughs> yeah. He's at a U.S. Open. I mean, I, I, I don't want to put any expectation on Go have fun. Start on the first hole and smile all the way to the end. Hopefully it's the 72nd hole. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, you know, for him to make the cut and, and play all four days. The weaknesses of his game are those. The strengths are certainly, uh, you know, evident and a huge compliment because Davis loved when he first came out. At that old ball, the old spinny ball, and, and he was miles longer than everybody else. Right. It, was a, it wasn't a fair fight. Um, yeah, who cares? Congratulations, Drew. Have fun. Do we know his pairing yet? Uh, we do. If you if you give me a second here, if you talk about something about Drew Lovell, we'll probably come <coughs> up. But because uh, he did get in as one of the alternates. So if he didn't, so Phil's still on the tee time list. Phil is. Okay. So uh, so Drew's getting up early, 6:56 uh, Thursday, playing with Andres Romero and Bryce Garnett. Okay. okay. Well, there you go. I'm with Trip. I, I think a successful week for Drew is to take it all in, enjoy himself. But if he makes a cut, I think that'd be a great story on top of already having your dad on the bag. But as you pointed out, if Ryan Moore had not withdrawn last week and that got Michael Putnam in. Otherwise, if that didn't happen, we were in a scenario where Drew was going to be waiting on Phil's, Phil's spot because he was the last of the five alternates that got in Monday morning. So that would have been, you know, amping up the storyline a little bit. But uh, you said, talking about making the cut, we've seen fathers and sons caddy mm -hmm. on the bag. Nothing quite like this in terms of Father's Day on Sunday to have Davis wow. be there on That's the bag for Drew in a pro debut. That would be cool That'd be pretty for both cool. of them, so. for everybody. Uh, all right, it's time to get down to brass tacks here. Right. Let's talk <laughs> who's going to win and I'll lead things off and right. let you guys follow. I think this is the week that Ricky Fowler wins a major, boys. I think that he has, ever since that win at PJ National, that has sparked a huge turnaround for him. He just lost his number one spot on the total strokes gain to DJ. He dropped to number two last week after missing the cut at TPC Southwind. I don't care that he missed the cut in Memphis. He has been so solid over the last three or four months. T to green, all the facets are there, and I think that this is his week to get major number one. He, he's my pick as well. Oh, look at this. I, I to, Trust me, folks. Oh, we boy. Didn't, we no, did no, not no. collude here. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Look, look it, I, he, I think he's the best player without a major championship. Yeah. And you can talk about Lee Westwood and, and longevity and this, that, and the other. But Ricky Fowler's stats are alarmingly good, exceptional. And we talked about Sergio, how well he drives the ball. Well, Ricky's right there with him as yeah. far as accuracy and length, the combination mm -hmm. of that, doing those together. His putting, when he first came on tour, he was kind of the Jordan Spieth. He made a lot of 20, 25-foot putts. He's starting to do more of that now. I just, I think, I'm with you, Well, I think this is his week. Um, I, the the, the miscut last week in Memphis, who cares? That may have given him a few more days up there at Aaron Hills to prepare. 
But I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Ricky Fowler wins this week, and it's very much deserving because I think he's he's one of the faces of the PGA Tour, the way he carries himself. Um, his game just matches up well, and he was not there in 2011 like Jordan Spieth was, but he's got the game to win this week. Well, and to y'all's point, I will echo, I'm not Ricky Fowler. I, I was between Ricky Fowler and the player I'm going to pick okay. for the reasons that you guys just stated. But on top of that, you throw out – uh, last week for two days, and you throw out one bad round at the players after a miscut at the Farmers. Hard to argue with anybody's results better than Ricky. I mean, he went through a run of seven or eight straight of 16th or better. Impressive stuff, and and really, you know, the stats bear it out. I would not be a bit surprised if you guys were spot on on that one because I was between Ricky Fowler and the player that's going to end the first time major champions getting their major oh. championship. The streak ends. At Aaron Hills on Sunday when Adam Scott Ooh. puts out on the 72nd hole. Adam Scott's your winner by two shots. Flat greens, the best ball striker in the game. It all points to Adam Scott, and he is playing quite well. Uh, again, the patience, everything about Adam Scott in USO, in every major. I mean, the guy is right there in every major. He could fit it. I think these green complexes play into his hands. And he's uh, gonna it, that's always the question, you know, rolling going the rocks. back to the anchoring. Yes. It's all about make, rolling the rocks. Make the putts because yeah. he's going to have, uh, I was talking to, to someone off before we got started. Everyone's going to be making 15 or 20 footers this week because the greens are really pure. The question is going to be, are your putts for birdie or are they for double? And his are going to be for birdie. <laughs> and his are going to be for birdie. Yes. Uh, I will say, I do like that he's changing his schedule this year. Every week before the major, he's playing. So he played last week in Memphis. Tied for 10th, usually doesn't have that, but he's getting Steve Williams on the bag a week early to try and get that groove in. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yep. There Even you go. though he's going to lose to Ricky Fowler. But that's, <laughs> well, hey, how right. about that in a playoff? Monday uh, playoff. We are due. I, yeah. I think we have not gone more than nine years without uh, a playoff in the U.S. Open, so we are yeah. definitely due. Haven't had one since that uh, Tiger Mediate clash, which I think we remember a little bit back yeah. in 2008. So, uh, well, this has been fun, boys. I've enjoyed it, and thanks for all of you that tuned in on Facebook Live and send in some questions. For Brian, I'm Trip. No, he's Trip. I'm, I'm Will. Trip. See, that's how you know we're doing it you live. You don't want to be Trip. <laughs> Boy, that's going to be a whole other podcast. <laughs> Brian Bateman, Trip Eisenhower. I'm Will Gray. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Enjoy the U.S. Open. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.